Welcome to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. We are back. And when I say we, I'm talking about myself. Welcome back to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. I am your host, AJ, and Eric is not with us today. He has something he got to take care of, so unfortunately, he's not going to be here, but he will be back next week. So I hope I can still keep you guys entertained without him, his uh, shit-talking, and his sarcastic humor. I know it's missed by all. Me, not so much. Let's just jump right into it. What do you say? Let's talk about what I'm sipping on. Now, I have a little bit of a sweeter bourbon in my glass today. I'm not doing a whiskey review, so it's in a regular rocks glass. Actually, in my office, I keep a globe decanter and has two globe glasses next to it and i'm sipping a whiskey that i have in that decanter because it's almost empty so i figured might as well knock it out get the the decanter nice and clean and pour a new uh whiskey in there i don't know if i'm gonna do scotch or bourbon again maybe i'll change it up but usually it's something i like to have a simple glass go to nothing too extreme anyway so what's in my glass today is the breckenridge px cast finish and that one is a 45% ABV. Those of you who are familiar with this brand know that it is a sweeter bourbon. And I am a huge fan of it. I'm taking a quick second to nose it. And have a little sip. I haven't had a sip yet. I just poured it and said, you know, let's get this recorded and going. Mm-hmm. We haven't reviewed this yet, so I don't want to give too much on the notes. But it has a little bit of a cinnamon in there. Definitely that sweetness on there from the PX cast. Get that caramel. A little bit of the oak. I do get a little bit of cherry on there. Like a like a maraschino cherry, but very faintly on the finish. Definitely a good whiskey. Now, I'm going to start with something very unique. I haven't heard people talk about this in regards to whiskey. But I have seen people on social media do this with tequila and with wine. They take a... What is this actual machine called? A frother machine. So you know the little frother machines that looks like a long stick, you hit the button, has battery in it, and the very bottom looks like a uh, like coiled wa- uh, wire, and it spins in a circle real fast, and it creates um, airwaves. Usually, uh, baristas would use this, or a machine similar to it when they make like their cappuccinos, they froth the milk. And people use this in their wine to aerate it immediately, so it has a different, smoother uh, taste on there. And I've heard that if you do it with tequila, it's going to make the tequila a lot smoother to the point where you don't even realize you're actually drinking alcohol. So I told myself, let's try it with whiskey. And what better way to do it than with everyone listening on Brothers of the Dram podcast? Because I do it for the people. Eric and I jokingly always talk about getting shirts made. But if we ever do, that has to be one of them. We do it for the people. Another little AJ quote. So what the machine sounds like. Yeah, don't get any ideas what you think that sounds like. It's just a... Uh, frother, aerator, little machine. I'm going to stick it inside the whiskey right now and see if it actually does make a difference before I jump into today's topic. All right, it's in the whiskey. Guys, want me? I did a little test. I, I did it a couple of times to make sure it's not going to shoot at the glass. Luckily, these globe ones, it does uh, come a little closed on top. You know, it's supposed to be a, a sphere, like a globe. Because the earth is round. <laughs> Let's hear it. Can you guys hear, can you guys hear that on the mic? Let me put a little closer. 
All right, I just froth the crap out of this thing. Put on a little paper towel. Don't want to get the desk messy. All right, let's uh let's do a quick nose. Wow, I smell a lot less alcohol in the nose. It doesn't have that punch in there now. The ABV is only forty five percent, so it's not much. But it's immediately a big difference. I am getting like brown sugar now, which I did not get on the nose earlier or the palate. Get that maple still. I'm getting more like a like a burnt, not burnt, like bad burnt, but a little toasty waffle with some maple syrup on there. Did I just discover, well, maybe not me. I'm sure there's someone else out there that has done this before, but maybe for in my circle, maybe I'm the first one to do this. But I'm liking the nose. This might need to become a new thing. Oh, that sweetness. I get I get the maraschino cherry on the nose now. Oh, man. This might be good or it might be bad because it might have to carry a froth around with you. Or aerator. Whatever this machine's called. Let's give it a sip. I think it's a frother. Because the aerator is the little one that you put inside the actual wine bottle itself. Or you can pour the wine into the aerator. And as it goes through, you know, does the aerating part. Therefore, it's as if your red wine has been opened much longer. So I think this is actually called a frother. So let me correct myself. Use a frother on this thing. All right, let's give it a sip. Let's give it a sip. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I must be honest. I do wish Eric was actually doing this episode with me and we were live in person. That way he can use my frother as well. Because I don't know if he has one. He might have one. But I'm a little taken back by this discovery. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. It kind of tastes... You know how we talk about adding 20% water? Because what it does, it releases the oils in the whiskey. And it helps you get past the actual, you know, the hard punch of the alcohol content. You get more of the flavored notes on there. Yes, it is a little watered down. With this, it took away that punch of the alcohol. So if you're looking for that punch or what Eric calls space, if you're looking to get away from that without watering down your whiskey, this is something you guys have to try. I am, how can I explain it? I don't want to say I'm speechless because obviously I'm talking. I have to talk. I'm on a doing a damn podcast, but I'm taking back at how good this is. I got to take another sip. Mmm. Oh yeah. One more sip. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that maraschino cherry on there. I'm getting the brown sugar on the palate now. I'm getting a little bit of that oakiness on there. Actually, the finish, the oakiness came out very nicely. Came out on the back end. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of the dram, this is probably a new way to enjoy whiskey. If you're not already following us on Instagram, at brothers of the dram, I'm going to put a post of this little machine. Again, I, I believe it's called a frother. I use it to froth my, um, my, I'm drawing a blank, coffee mate. My coffee creamer, mate creamer, whatever it's called. I don't do it often. Usually I like my coffee black. I like my coffee nice and black. Maybe a little sugar in there to take away some of the bitterness, depending on if I'm in the mood or not. 
But on occasions, I feel like I want to be a little boozy in the morning. And I will pick up a small liquid French vanilla and I'll froth it. So this has to be a frother. You know, it's it. That's it. Set in stone. I'm using a frother. I don't care what I say or said earlier. It's a frother. But man, listeners, if you have a frother at home, take out your whiskey. Put it in a rocks glass. Not a not a Glencairn. Oh, actually, maybe you could do a Glencairn because it has a nice snoot nose on there where the whiskey will also not shoot out. And you're drinking it neat, so put it in any glass you want where the whiskey will not fly out. So a rocks glass, a neat glass, a Glencairn. You can probably even do a, a what is it called? Starts with a T, I'm drawing a blank. There's also a Nolan glass you could use. I think it's called a, not a tulip because that's a flower. There's another one around those lines, and I'm drawing a blank what it's called. But anyways, put in a glass, take a frother to it. Oh, man, that's good. Mm. What do you say we move on to today's topic? As everyone knows, I feel like I say this almost every episode. So by now, Jack Daniels, you guys got to sponsor us because I'm a huge fan of yours. But since I am such a huge fan of Jack Daniels, I was curious. Are they still the most popular whiskey out there? And are they popular? at the bars. Now, when I go to the bars, I always see it there, so I don't see why not. So I did a little research, and I came across an article, and this article is from Men's Journal. It talks about, the world's new top whiskey is also one of our favorite affordable bourbons. And what they did is that they did, uh, not they, the, the, the magazine, but a company called uh, Drinks International. They did a survey on 100 bars from 33 countries to find out what the top whiskeys are that they carry. I would like to point out to you. Last year, according to Spirits Business, Jack Daniels sold 14.6 million cases. And Jim Beam sold 16.7 million. So these are the two most top known whiskey brands out there. Jim Beam, Jack Daniels. I'm sure you know everyone knows Maker's Mark. But I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of all the popular different whiskeys. Those are just the known ones. Okay, now, after they did the survey, it turns out the top 10 list was a shock to me of what is the most popular bourbon that bars carry. Again, this is from bars that they did their survey on. 100 bars in 33 countries. I got to take another sip of this. A delicious, aerated, I think it has to be aerated because all the air that goes into it and you mix it, whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, man, Eric's missing out. Eric, bro, when you listen to this episode, I want you to send me a text. And we got to meet up so you can, even if we don't record, but just so we can try this. So you can see for yourself. And then you can do a post if you agree with me or not. That it completely changes the whiskey for the better. I will say, that's with this one I'm having right now. When I do see Eric and we do do this little test, we'll definitely try something different. I know he has a lot of Irish whiskey at his house. We might even do something Irish. Anyways, let's get back to the topic. So in regards to the top 10 whiskey brands that you're going to find in a bar, I personally thought Jack Daniels would be number one, but it's not. So let's start from the bottom of the list going up. And I think that tells you where Jack Daniels is going to be. (laughs) Coming in, number 10 is Four Roses. Four Roses is an excellent bourbon. It has a nice, smooth, mellow feature to it in regards to people who want to get into whiskey, but they're not fully emerged or I should say fully immersed into it yet it's nice starting one depending on which one you go with from there you have Rittenhouse now I've never had Rittenhouse before so I cannot speak on that and I'm really shocked that 
it's on this list and I have not heard of it. Now, I'm sure some of your listeners like AJ Rittenhouse is well known. I even have it in my bar at home. Just speaking for myself, you, out of all the whiskey brands, all the different distilleries out there, you can't know or have them all. But for this to be a top 10 list and me not even know about it, I'm kind of shocked at myself for not knowing about it. But then again, this is based on 33 different countries. Maybe that's popular and more of a different one than America. I don't know. Which I am shocked about because bourbon's from America. Anyways, moving on. Disappointment number eight. Jack Daniels. You know, I love my Tennessee whiskey. We did an episode, uh, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago on Uncle Nearest. No, two weeks ago. We did an episode two weeks ago on Uncle Nearest. It was the first one of the year. And it was a delicious Tennessee whiskey. So I said, I'm just a fan of Tennessee whiskey, I guess. But Jack Daniels is my number one. I don't need to say it anymore. I'm moving on. Number seven is the other heavy hitter, Jim Beam. Jim Beam's number seven on the list. Number six, you have Wild Turkey. And number five, which I am not shocked about. I actually expected this one to be a little bit higher. But maybe it's not higher because it's not always the easiest to find. But Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace, I expect that to be in a bar because of how smooth it is, how flavorful it is. It is sweet for when it comes to the bourbon range. It is a sweeter bourbon, and it mixes so well in mixed drinks. Everything from a highball to a old-fashioned, how I like to make them. You can't go wrong with Buffalo Trace. Number four, you got Woodford Reserve. I'm sure all of us have had Woodford Reserve, and if you've been listening to our podcast since last year, um, you've heard us talk about it. I think it's one of Eric's favorite bourbons. I could be wrong, but I think it is. Next on the list, we have Mitchers. Eric hasn't had it yet. I got a bottle on my shelf. We're going to have to review this guy and get his input on it. I love Mitchers. I think it's a delicious bourbon. I The bottle I have, I got it as a Christmas gift for my cousin, I want to say two years ago. So I've had it on my shelf for a while. And as I talked about in last week's episode, if I have a bottle on my shelf for a while, it's either because it's horrible or it's really good and I don't want to finish it. And that one's a really good one. Even though, yes, Mitchell is not expensive. I can go out and buy another bottle. But since I have so much whiskey here in a big variety, it's just not one I always pull from. But I probably should revisit it again. It's, it's really good. Highly recommend if you haven't had it yet. Number two on the list, which, again, I expect this one on the list. I think it's right at number two. I, I w- Me personally, I would put Jack Daniels number one. Then this next one, I would put at number two. And the reason why is because it was actually created by bartenders. And we did review this bourbon. It is Bullet. The whole point of bourbon, Bullet, the whole point of Bullet was for it to be designed to go well with mixed drinks. And yes, I did say I love Buffalo Trace in my old fashion. It's my definitely top three choice in an old fashion. But Bullet is my number one. My top three would be, if you guys haven't had them yet and you want to try them, it would be Bullet. It would be Buffalo Trace, not in no particular order, but Bullet first. Then Buffalo Trace mixed with Eagle Rare. That's the one. I drew a blank for a second. I love Eagle Rare in my Old Fashioned because in Old Fashioned, you have that orange note in there. And for me, Eagle Rare puts off a very nice Granny Smith apple note. So apple and oranges in Old Fashioned. Mm. If it wasn't so hard to find, it might be my number one. But since Bullet, you can find it at any liquor store. Easy to get to, not expensive. That's why it's my number one. But those are my top three for old fashions. And at top of the list, it stands out for anyone who's looking for bourbon. Can you guess what it is? I'll give you a second. I'm going to take a sip of my whiskey. 
give you a second to think about what number one is. To reiterate or to relist, let me go with that. To relist the top 10 whiskeys going from 10 to number two. Four Roses, Rittenhouse, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, Wild Turkey, Buffalo Trace, Woodford Reserve, Mitchers, Bullet. I'm going to take a sip of my whiskey. You think about what number one is. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm surprised how good that is. For those of you who said Maker's Mark, you got it right. Maker's Mark is the number one bourbon that's inside of bars. I don't know the reason behind that, to be honest. Maybe because it stands out from the red wax. I think Maker's Mark is a delicious bourbon. Actually, I love bourbon. I love, I'm a whiskey guy. So, of course, I'm majority of the time going to say it's a delicious bourbon. It's a delicious scotch and so on. It's not often I give something a bad rating. And if you want to hear a bad rating, you can hear my last week's episode where I gave a whiskey. I'm not going to say the name. You have to go back and watch it. Or not watch it. You have to go back and listen to it. But I gave it a three and I barely made it to the three, which put in the Brothers of the Dram rating of an okay whiskey. So that's your top 10 list for whiskeys that you're going to get in a bar. Now, they did do some analytics to forecast what they believe the top 10 whiskeys will be in the future that you will find in a bar. So I'm going to run through this one pretty quickly. You're going to see some interesting names on here. Some are still on the list, but I'm going to say Jack Daniels did not make the list. And that's disappointing, probably because you have these other whiskey brands that are branching out more and making more unique different aging processes or different aging ways with your barrels that they're coming up with more uniqueness but jack daniels did not make the list neither jim bean which are the two top the two top selling whiskey brands so in the future they are predicting top 10 from the bottom up eagle rare and like i said that one's just hard to come around throughout the year great for old-fashioned i'm sure it'd be great in other mixed drinks too even by itself if you're gonna have it neat i love me some eagle rare Number nine is Elijah Craig, another great bourbon, not expensive at all. Um, I believe you can get that easily around 20 bucks. Number eight on the list, you got Wild Turkey. Number seven, now this one caught me for a shock. Number seven on their list is Blanton's. And for those who have been around whiskey long enough, you know Blanton's, it is ridiculous in the secondhand market. This is a $65 bottle of bourbon that when you go to the liquor store, they're going to have it for $250 and up. Ridiculous. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, the reason why this bourbon is so sought after and so expensive is because people like to collect the cork on it. The cork is the little, it's a horse race, let's say a jockey, it's a, it's a jockey, and it shows him from the beginning of the race to the end of the race, and it spells out the word Blanton's. So one bottle, let's say you get a B, the next bottle you get might be a T, and you want to collect all eight to spell out the word Blanton's. That's why it's so hard to find. And since it is since it is officially a collectible, that's why they know that people are going to pay it if they're missing one or two letters. I have three sealed bottles of blends. One is open and the other one is just a cork. Originally, I wanted to get, because they sell these wooden bases, we could put a bottle of blends on and then it has eight holes around it where you can put the different toppers to show blends. I think that would look beautiful in my office. It would look great for the display, a nice talking piece. But since I don't have all the letters yet, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to keep the bottle sealed and drink it. The one I do have open, drink it very slowly until I can get all the letters. Moving on. Number six on the list is Angel's Envy. That is a great one. I did have the rye. I do have both bottles, the Angel's Envy and the Angel's Envy rye. 
I am a fan of Rai, but I was not a fan of that one for the price point. The price point on regular Angels every Envy, I believe, is around 60 bucks. The Rai, I believe, was 81 is what I paid at Total Wine. It might be more at, at smaller liquor stores. But I did not think the flavor was worth that price point. But then again, I bought that bottle a long time ago. I need to revisit it. Number five, Buffalo Trace. Of course, that one has to be in a bar. Number four, you got Woodford Reserve again, still on the list. Number three, you got your Bullet, which like I mentioned, that was created by bartenders. Number two, you have Makers. And number one, you have Mitchers. So from five up, they're on the list of what's still on the top 10 as of right now. And those five are expected to be there again in a different order, but expected to be on the top 10 list in the future. Are any of those whiskeys your favorite? Are any of them something that you're like, you know what? I'd rather have a, I, I expected this brand or this whiskey to be more popular inside bars. If you have any opinion on it, or I'm sorry, does not Eric talk some shit. If you have any thoughts on it, uh, send us a DM. Brothers of the Dram on Instagram. All right, brothers and sisters, I appreciate y'all enjoying a dram with me. Don't forget, if you're in the car driving, enjoy the podcast. I know a lot of people listen to us. We've got messages that they enjoy it on their drive to work. Sometimes they get a good laugh. Sometimes they learn something. But if you ever listen to our podcast at night, I highly recommend pouring yourself a dram, just enjoying the show. We do this for fun. We do this as a way for Eric and I to just forget about the stress of life and work and just enjoy whiskey. And we hope you guys are enjoying it with us because we do plan on keep this podcast going. With that said, if you are enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, share us with your friends and family so we can branch out more to more listeners. And I believe the last analytics I saw, we are in, I think, three different countries currently listen to us. So we are expanding and we owe that all to you guys, our listeners. Nothing but love. We appreciate you so much. And with that said, that concludes today's podcast. See you guys in the next one. Cheers. You've been listening to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Brothers of the Dram. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. On behalf of the crew, thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.